We did it, honey. We had our first run through. You got the music done. Mm-hmm. Run through the whole act. We uh, act in two parts, I guess. It's an act in two parts, or a two parts show in two acts. Yes. I don't know how you would say that. Um, but yes, boy, that was a good push, especially last night, staying up last night, helping me deal with those numbers. <laughs> it was all you. Oh, it's crazy having to deal with those numbers, though. I wouldn't be able to do it. So, uh, so yeah, yeah, it was, wasn't a wasn't a bad run through. Just have to practice the music a little bit more, the live stuff. And, uh, Choreography a little tighter. Yeah. And we'll have it. Um, the boys did a good job considering that they were out in the yard doing yard work all day. They did good, yeah. They yeah. were troopers tonight. Yeah. Can't blame them for being a little off tempo. <laughs> <laughs> You know, I've been so busy, I haven't been able to listen to any of our fellow anchors. As long as they export their podcast, you can still listen to it. Yeah, I know. That's what I'm trying to tell everybody to do is, is uh, you know, create a, a podcast out of your episodes so I can go and listen to them. Cause the 24-hour the pressure is a little much to deal with to have to try to listen to everybody within a 24-hour period yeah yeah totally that's why i really appreciate anybody that what the hell is this empty the anybody that does listen you know it's uh it's amazing that you know you get any listeners because yeah live listeners or almost live yeah within the 24-hour period live <laughs> or however you look at that that D-Lo show, that show where the two people do things together and one, I think they're in two different time zones. Uh-huh. That's very clever. So, you know. It's it, always it, live. Yeah, in essence, they're, they've always got something, something going. <laughs> Some sort of noise, which, you know, I think for a lot of people, uh, that's really what they need is, or what they want is uh, just sort of a constant noise uh, going on. Good night. Good night, Joe. Good night, Joe. Um, that's why I think a shuffle feature would be cool. Cause I'm I'm one of those people. I, I kind of like background noise. Shuffle's much better. Yeah, because having one person on can rather one zone you out uh, or just kind of get noisy or it, you know. Uh, it's just too much work to go flipping through your dial trying to find what you want to listen to. Yeah, yeah. So I really do hope they get that uh, a shuffle feature happening. That would be cool. I would be able to listen to you guys a lot more if there was a a, a shuffle. Uh, oh, it's getting late. A shuffle feature. A fusher feature. It's <laughs> probably a good way to listen to new people too. Yeah. New people thrown in there that you wouldn't go find. Yeah, maybe a a random shuffle. A random, well, random shuffle, but a random favorite. How would you do that? That would be tricky. 
well, to just, just let they anybody could just have into. an option. Yeah, well, no. If you don't like it, then you would mark that you don't like it, and they would yeah. it wouldn't play again. An explore feature. That'd be very easy. To oh, program. a shuffle feature and an explore feature. Oh, please, anchor, please, pretty please. <laughs> Upside down on our hand here, body here. So I have an idea. Let's see if we have any call ins, and then maybe we'll answer any call ins. Sounds good. Otherwise, we'll see you on the other side. Good night. Integrity Radio. Out. Hey, this is Z regarding Henry Bergson and free will. So I have a question for you. Are we really not at all closer to resolving the issue of free will? I mean, it seems pretty obvious that we do not have free will, but we have limited choice. We, had, we have limited choice. I mean, our deaths pretty much prove that we have no free will. But we do have limited choice within this little time. All right, just my two cents. Once again, this might actually add up to a couple bucks after a while. Integrity Radio. Okay, I just recorded three segments, and all of them failed to record or post. I wasn't wearing my glasses, so I think it failed, and I just thought that it was a successful post. Three of probably the most well-crafted segments. This is like pre-bong load segments. Um, gone in the ether. <sighs> well, here's a lesson. One, put your glasses on. <laughs> and two, if you got something really profound that you're going to try to post, you might want to record it on something else. Ah. Uh, I'm serious. This is like the three most finely crafted segments ever. I'm sure most of you know how this feels. <laughs> Integrity Radio. Okay, another workaround is to write stuff down. I heard another uh, anchor user, I think it was D-Lo, maybe, talk about writing stuff down um yeah yeah writing stuff down if it's important if it's like a complex well thought out concept you might want to be taking some notes unfortunately it does mess with the whole flow sometimes so the reply was so important that i actually did go back in my brain horrible thing to do and uh reconstructed as much that i could and the good thing is, is I probably boiled it down to one segment now rather than three. So, um, and perhaps can be even more concise in what I'm trying to say. Harold and Maud, I posted a Harold and Maud clip. And my favorite line out of the Harold and Maud movie was, the problem with people is that they think they are this when they are that something along that. That's a para quote. Again, the problem is they think they are this when they are 
that. And a quote that just kind of popped up and somewhat relates. There is no comfort in the growth zone and no growth in the comfort zone. We are on a journey with many obstacles in our path. The biggest obstacle, of course, being our own minds, or what I like to call brain. If we don't take control of our brain functions, then we will forever be adrift. Granted, there is a certain amount of romanticism about drifting. Our ability to discern fact from fiction, truth from false, or rather truth from lies, will determine our success and may even determine our survival. In the previous segment, you may have heard Patrick explain facts and then explain his belief or opinion. And I really commend this sort of behavior because it's exactly what is needed in order to move from a subjective viewpoint to a more objective point of view. We often hear there's facts and then there's beliefs or opinions. And I think that we also need to uh, understand a third element, which is point of view. And point of view isn't the same thing as a belief or opinion. I think they usually are mixed in with one another. That's a bad thing. Fact is we're all going to die. We're all going to get old. If you don't eat, you get hungry. Belief or opinion is along the lines of favorite ice cream or your favorite music or music that you hate, like Mahler or something, Uh, art, philosophy. These are beliefs or opinions. You know, as Patrick points out, all the things that make being human swell. Although I truly don't think that we've attained our humanity quite yet. But all the things that make our species of animal swell. As a side note, I often say to Ronnie that the future is not for us. I mean, really, the future will be unrecognizable to most of us. Or shall I use the word untenable? And I do declare, I think this is going to be, yet again, a two-part thing. Now, if this doesn't get recorded, I'm fine, because I got my notes. <laughs> so, all right, on the, in the next segment, I will talk about point of view and how it's very important to not confuse point of view with opinion. All right, see you then. Let's see if I can... Yeah, let's see if I can even record that. <laughs> so, yeah, it failed again. Uh, I mean, luckily, I, I wrote it down, but POV Part 2 was... That segment was recorded and then lost in the ether um, when I went to upload it. So it said failed, and then it no, <laughs> no longer exists. This is a huge problem. 
people are not going to waste five minutes of their life over and over, over, and over again. I mean, a few times, yes, but uh, yeah, this is this is bad. This is bad. All right, I'll try to put up a POV uh, part two, but uh, this situation has to be addressed. Otherwise, all you're going to get are teenagers going. <laughs> Okay, I don't think Anchor wants a full five minutes right now, so I'm just going to get this out. I got to get it out. Okay, point of view is so critical, man. If you don't develop a unique perspective, instead of, um, you know, having your opinion and beliefs uh, manufactured and engineered, you have to develop a unique perspective. If you want to contribute to the future of humanity, you need to develop a unique perspective and not have and embrace your beliefs and and opinions that for the most part were probably uh, a manipulation through popular opinion or a target market or again, engineered consent. When we can free ourselves of these shackles of bias, then we can move more towards uh, an objective understanding. Only then can we truly relate a unique point of view, which is important because this is how we solve problems and we have a lot of problems that we need a lot of brains on. We don't need the same old beliefs and opinions applied the facts are in. Let's move ahead. Hopefully, Integrity Radio. Hopefully. What I love about the movie Harold and Maude, and if you haven't seen it, for God's sakes, go see the movie. Rent the movie. It is a rare case of when wisdom of age and death are transferred to youth and life. I think it's one of the most important stories to be told. I mean, here's this young, very wealthy kid that doesn't quite fit in and uh, has a hard time appreciating life. And he falls in love with an old woman who suffered through Auschwitz. And she brings him to age, brings him up to snuff of the wonderfulness of life and tries to show him how that can be destroyed through the homogeny of our culture. Our culture doesn't revere old age and wisdom. Instead, it reveres youth. And it's becoming obvious where this is leading us. You know, those that ignore history are doomed to repeat it. You know, instead of being masters of limitation, we can be representatives of the impossible. Imagine how impossible we are. That 1% perspective unique perspective. That's our future. 
Integrity Radio. I don't know if I got this, so even if I did, it it uh, bears repeating. So belief and opinion, you can't get away from that. That's That's what we start with. And we then move on from our subjective beliefs and opinions and try to create some sort of structure. And that structure is our point of view. Hopefully a unique perspective and a unique point of view. Now from this unique point of view, we can move on, we can um, refine our structure. And from a refined structure, we can embrace fact. If you try to embrace fact from your standpoint of belief and opinion, then it will be untenable. It will be very unrealistic to embrace fact. So you have to develop your own point of view that will give you a structure from which you can become and appreciate objectivity. I truly feel that we should all be taking on the personal responsibility of fighting our bias-fueled cognitive dissonance. The smartest people on earth are not able to escape their bias, their cognitive dissonance. Again, and let me say that more clearly, the smartest person on the planet is not able to escape their bias-fueled cognitive dissonance. We all have it. And for me, that's where Wing Chun and centerline and self-correction all comes into play. Integrity Radio. I wanted you. And I was looking for you. But I couldn't find you. I wanted you. And I was looking for you all day. But I couldn't find you. I couldn't find you. You're walking, and you don't always realize it, but you're always falling. With each step, you fall forward slightly, and then catch yourself from falling over and over you're falling and then catching yourself from falling 
And this is how you can be walking and falling at the same time. I would say for young artists, um, uh, be loose. Um, I, I really uh, was quite happy with calling myself a multimedia artist. It is a meaningless term. It is meaningless. Um, but it will give you the freedom to do uh, various things without somebody going, you're a sculptor, why are you making music? No, no, I'm a media artist. You know, like, oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> whatever that means but it's so easy to get pigeonholed in the art world and and to do just this thing you might want to to get smaller and smaller and narrower and narrower and that's also beautiful you know uh, to make something super specific and 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 make those variations quite uh, intense and, and and not so different from each other or, uh, but this will still work, the scheme. So if you, you define yourself as, um, uh, make it vague, you know, I think, because uh, there's so many forces that um, uh, are there to push you in certain directions, and, and, and they're traps, and, and curators do it. You know, curators, are, you know, this is our theme, so stay in the theme. You're like, really? Okay, let me, how about if I stay in my theme? Get your, your, let your own interest and your own obsession rule that and, and don't, you know, don't um, be caught in that trap of, of definition. And because it's a, it's a corporate tool, it's like, I, I realized that it's all about sales. You know, it's not to help you make your work. It is to help other people sell your work, which is, you know, it's also important. I'm not like, a, um, I, I, I am a, 21st century citizen in a highly corporate world, but uh, and I don't. I'm not a. I'm not a snob about that, really. Um, but um, that uh, that helps a little bit to uh, uh, to be flexible. I would say just call it flexible, and give yourself. I mean, I'm an artist because I want to be free. That's my whole goal, and uh, and I hate it when people. Tell me what to do. So, uh, I would say uh, that uh, uh, the branding thing is, is something to really avoid. You know, a sort of like Facebook stamping of who you are, and and to resist that pressure because that pressure is everywhere. It's everywhere. Um, I, I remember the feeling of being released from that because once. Um, made a lot of records for Warner Brothers, and then suddenly, you know, fairly suddenly, the whole record industry collapsed. And so I, I had to spend some time going, are you an electric acoustic avant-garde artist, or are you an avant-garde uh, story artist? And I was like, who cares? <laughs> I'm just trying to write some music, you know, the way I get you know, inspiration from wherever, you know, and, and 
and then I realized it's about what being your file then, how to sell you. So, um, uh, and, and I'm not saying that's not important, but don't make it the first thing. And also, you know, uh, finding your personal voice could also be finding uh, a um, one that doesn't express you. I, I'm not so uh, wedded to the idea that art is personal expression and that it's good for you personally. I mean, it may be, but uh, there, there are many different ways to, uh, to express things. You could try to... Um, there are a lot of birds out today. I was just thinking, uh, I'm very interested in, of course, going to Mars and all of those great projects we have, but also I personally would really love to understand creatures here better. So um, let's say you wanted to really um, understand the language of birds and how to make music that they would kind of go, yes. Uh, that's not self-expression. That's just like curiosity about being in the world and kind of going, let's make some music. So, you know, whatever makes you free, and it make, makes you feel really free and really good, that's, that's what to do. It's really simple. Yay! <laughs> Oh. 
one of the anchor users I listened to, forgive me for not remembering which one, um, was concerned and perhaps wondering, or was wondering and perhaps concerned, I don't know which one, when pornography was going to invade anchor. Well, here it goes. Time to talk about Kant. Emmanuel Kant was a 19th century German philosopher most known as... Yes, that's right, Kant. That's how you pronounce it. Not Kant, not Kant, not Jones, but Kant. It's a German name, and I'm quite happy to sit here in silence until you're mature enough to get over it. Okay, good. So Immanuel Kant was a 19th century German philosopher most notable for his work on ethics. Ethics is the philosophical study of moral action. It's not just about judging people per se, but rather looking at right and wrong as concepts in themselves and how we might figure out the best way for people to behave. There are two general schools of thought on this. Consequentialism divides right from wrong entirely based on the consequences of an action, or in other words, the end justifies the means. Deontology, on the other hand, is the position that the consequences don't really matter because moral judgment is contained in the act alone. Kant was a deontologist and frustrated with the sort of Mickey Mouse wishy-washy subjectivity of moral theory of the day, he proposed an absolute, stone-cold, objective, unbreakable moral law which he called the categorical imperative. The categorical imperative is based upon Kant's idea that morality is derived from rationality and all moral judgments are rationally supported. So just as rational thought leads us to an objective reality, so too is there an objective morality we can locate through the same process. The categorical imperative is an absolute, non-negotiable, universal moral law that holds up regardless of context and circumstance. Kant was absolutely unwavering on this point. What's right is right and what's wrong is wrong, full stop. To further analyse Kant's ethical framework, we can break the categorical imperative down into three maxims. The first maxim is that all your actions must have universality. In other words, you should only do something if you think it would be okay if everybody did it all the time. For example, you might be innocently flirting with your 18-year-old co-worker behind your wife's back, but to work out whether this is okay, you have to first imagine a world in which literally every single human being around the entire globe was flirting constantly with attractive teenagers as soon as his or her partner's back was turned. If this doesn't seem like a desirable world to live in, then it's not okay to do it. Not even once. The second maxim is that every human being must be treated as an end rather than a means to an end. What this basically means is that you're never allowed to manipulate anyone no matter what. This stands in stark opposition to consequentialist theories that take into account the greater good. Kant thought that the greater good was irrelevant. Each person is his own rational agent and no one person may be manipulated to achieve the goals of another. That means that you can never lie ever, to anybody, under any circumstances, for any reason. The third maxim is that you should always behave as though you are the absolute moral authority of the entire universe. It should be noted that some people already think this, but it doesn't necessarily have anything to do with Kant. A major criticism of Kant's second maxim is that if somebody came to your door with an axe and asked you to kindly tell him the location of your children so that he can hack them into tiny pieces, you would be morally obligated to tell him the truth. Kant responded quite controversially, yes. You would, but he didn't see anything wrong with that. Because the murderer is his own moral agent, you're not responsible for his choices, you're only responsible for your own. That said, there's also nothing morally wrong with you locking the door and calling the police. Immanuel Kant is one of the most influential philosophers of all time, not only in ethics, but in epistemology and political theory. However, I only have three minutes to talk about him, and quite frankly, anyone who logs onto the internet to listen to me talk about Kant for three minutes has already realised this is nothing like what they'd expected. <laughs> Thank you.
Remember what I was talking about regarding opinions being different from point of view and unique perspective? Well, I thought I'd do a little research and I came across Noam Chomsky and guess what he has to say. And I think I've just come to appreciate Noam Chomsky for the first time. Check it out. Integrity Radio. All kind of authoritarian structures in the world, they all ought to be challenged. Very few of them can resist that challenge. They survive mainly because they're not challenged. Uh, they're not really very strong. Uh, they look strong. But uh, there's a point that was made by David Hume a couple hundred years ago with it's worth bearing in mind. Uh, he raised a kind of paradox of power. He said, how, do, how, how does power sustain itself? He said, if you think about it, power is always in the hands of the people who are oppressed. It's in the hands of the governed. They really have power. Uh, and he says this is true of the most uh, oppressive society, what we would call totalitarian society, as of the most free. Power is in the hands of the governed, so how come they submit themselves to the authority of others? He said, well, force is an element, but he said the real element is opinion. Uh, you have to control their opinion. Of course, he was in favor of it. You know, he's a Tory. So he says, well, what you have to do is make sure you control the opinion of the people, uh, meaning make them believe, you know, make them uh, saturate their minds with uh, uh, ideology, carry out what we call propaganda. Didn't have the term in those days. Uh, and uh, control their opinion, and you got them. Uh, that means you, you change their aspirations, you restrict their aspirations to personal things, to commodities, to uh, break down the natural bonds among people, force them to forget what they understand, you know, that they basically want freedom and independence and justice and so on. Everybody, every child understands that. So you have to work really hard to drive it out of their heads. And if you can drive it out of their heads and you control their opinion, then they'll submit. You know, and they'll submit whether you're a, a, a brutal state or a more free society. In fact, it's more important in the free societies. In the 20th century, when it be, you know, in Hume's day, there wasn't much difference. Every society was absolutist. But as the societies differentiated over the years with popular struggles and you know, winning the franchise and so on and so forth, uh, the difference between the freer societies and the more you know, like totalitarian or command societies became clearer and a point was began to be understood that Hume didn't talk about and that is that control of opinion is much more important in the free societies. So like in say Soviet Russia, they didn't really care much what people thought. A Franco-Spain, let's say, you know, fascist state, uh, people read much more broadly and widely than they do in the United States. I mean like say, I mean it's true in fact. You know, you could you go to a Marxist bookstore, you know. I mean, if you got out of line too much, okay, they send you to the torture chamber in downtown Madrid. But uh, the uh, since there were techniques of control just by force, there was not much, you know, wasn't much concern about what people thought. It's sort of believe what you like, we'll beat you over the head with a bludgeon, you know. When you get to the freer societies, there's a lot more concern with what people think. And that has been understood. Uh, that's part of the reason for the rise of the public relations industry in the United States. Public relations industry is propaganda agency of business, which was, it's an American creation. You know, it was created in the early part of the century to try to, as they put it then, to control people's minds. Uh, and that's, you know, I don't know if they read Hume, but, you know, it's not a deep point. Anybody can understand it without reading Hume. Uh, they understood that unless you control people's minds, we're going to be in trouble. 
people's mind, you know, the, the what's, what was called in the business press, the greatest hazard facing industrialists is the rising political power of the masses. I'm quoting. I mean, you recognize that the business press is very Marxist, super Marxist. I mean, all the values are inverted, you know, but they believe in class struggle. They talk about the masses, you know, and beating down the masses and all that sort of thing. In fact, business press reads kind of like malice tracts, little red books and things, just with all the values reversed. Uh, and they understood that you've got to control people's opinion because, as Hume put it, for power is in the hands of the governed, if they ever realize it. Uh, and if they realize it and they try to recognize what their own values are and pursue them, we're really going to be in trouble because there's not going to be any way to control people.
Well, the Jews have become secular, and I think the Catholics are next in line. Check this out. In September 2015, Pope Francis of the Catholic Church announced that churches who are running profitable hotels and restaurants should pay taxes like any other business. This is the latest in a long line of surprising and progressive statements from the Pope over the last two years. While most popes have been relatively conservative and followed strict religious doctrine, Pope Francis has been modern, progressive, and socially conscious. So how has Pope Francis changed Catholicism? Well, since the ex-nightclub bouncer turned pope entered the papacy in 2013, his tenure has been expressly different from his predecessors. Pope Francis has fulfilled a huge number of firsts for a pope, including being the first non-European pope in more than a millennium. While other popes have been happy to wear tons of ornate jewelry and flaunt the Vatican's wealth, Pope Francis has been known to be overwhelmingly humble. Instead of living in the papal palace, he stays in a nearby guesthouse. His robes are simple, and even his rings are silver rather than traditional gold. This humbler stance is directly related to Pope Francis's focus on poverty, saying churches should help the poor and needy. During the current migrant crisis, the Pope has even agreed to take in two refugee families to set an example for the rest of the Catholic world. Many have appreciated his direct and informal methods of communicating important ideas without being bogged down in appealing to the more conservative Catholic base. But besides advocating for the poor, the Pope has also opened up and shown acceptance for previously marginalized groups. Although the church still opposes same-sex marriage, Pope Francis has said that it is not his place to judge gay priests as long as they want to be closer to God. This is a considerable shift from the previous pope's judgment that homosexuality is an intrinsic moral evil. Pope Francis has also reached out to atheists and reaffirmed the Catholic Church's positive stance on evolution. Progressive stances like these support the pope's assertion that the church needs to be a home for all and has focused too much on gays, abortion, and birth control. He stands in stark contrast to his predecessor, Pope Benedict, who was actually a member of the Hitler Youth in his childhood. Benedict called for a smaller, purer church with strict focus on doctrine. This ideological shift coming from the church's highest moral authority has been a breath of fresh air for many Catholics who have felt stagnation in the church's vision. Still, some have attributed Pope Francis's rhetoric as a method of distraction from the church's child molestation scandals. Critics believe that although he has addressed and apologized for the sexual abuse within the clergy, no concrete steps have been taken to dismantle decades of inappropriate behavior. Pope Francis may be changing the face of the Catholic Church for the better, but there still exist a number of problems the church needs to address directly. Too far, much too far, I've gone this time. 
to hurt you. I hate to see your pain. But I don't know how to stop. Hey, I don't know how to stop. Street after street. Hey, Ron Z here. I have a gross story. It's not my own gross story, but it's the grossest story I've ever heard. And it was regarding Sid Vicious and um, him shooting up drugs at, at CBGB's in the bathroom. And they needed water to dissolve the drugs, but there was no available water other than the water in the urinal in the toilet, which was full of uh, feces and urine. And uh, he just used the fecal and urine water to um, to water down, you know, to dissolve the drugs. So it would fit into a syringe and he'd be able to shoot it up. Yep, that's the grossest one that I know of. Although it was known that Hitler uh, also injected feces. So, <laughs> go figure. Now this uh, folkloric text from uh, the, the Lexington Narcotic Hospital uh, <clears throat> was actually inspired by Juvenal, the Roman satirist. He's speaking of Greek uh, uh, parasites and psychophants. All arts, all sciences, a fasting Greek nose. Bid him go to hell, to hell he goes. If you but say you're warm, he breaks into a sweat. If you complain of a draft, he calls for his overcoat. There is an exclusive wing of Lexington reserved for the do-rights, who are considered good rehabilitation prospects. They get better rooms and more medications. A do-right always shows up with letters from his clergyman, banker, employer, and, you know, pictures of himself as an Eagle Scout, Shaking hands with a priest on graduation day. There's no limit to what they'll they'll do. <clears throat> you know that type falls all over himself to light the boss's cigarette. The, the doctor walks into the ward and says, "Rather warm in here." As one man, the do rights break out in a sweat and rush around opening windows. Cold in here, isn't it? Immediately, the do-rights see their breath in the air, snatch blankets, and bundle themselves up to a chorus of chattering teeth. <clears throat> Front office, brown nose, faint to the bone. <clears throat> Doctor, when I die, I want to be buried right in the same coffin with you. <laughs> You're the finest, most decent, most deeply humane man I've ever known. A 
put you down for additional medication, son. <laughs> Thank you, doctor. Pusher should receive the death penalty. Of such stuff are do-rights made. Get there firstest with a brownest nose. While down in the dim gray wards and day rooms where the do-wrongs hawk and spit and shiver and vomit, fucking crooker wouldn't give me a goop ball. <laughs> he asked me what the American flag means to me, and I tell him, soak it in the hair one dock and I'll suck it. <laughs> Says I got the wrong attitude. <laughs> I should see the chap and get straight with Jesus. <laughs> and then, with the tears streaming down their lousy fink faces, the two rights leap up as one man and bellow out the star spangled banner.
tell a lie. I will never tell a lie. No. No. via Anchor, having a script is really, really helpful for that. Hey, are you reporting the failures? Because I had an issue with um, show descriptions or, um, yeah, for my podcast, show descriptions updating, and it's still a problem. And apparently there were some server issues yesterday or at some point, but I still don't think things are in line. I'll play a little for you right now. This is live. This is my left hand and my right hand playing for you special. I bet you D-Lo could sing to this, huh? Georgie D, right? Yeah, that's right. <laughs> D-Lo isn't a person. 
what time it is everywhere else. <laughs> I bet you Google that and would know. special integrity radio this one goes out to all my favorite anchor users
Well, that was the sound of a plastic piano. Integrity Radio. I'm going to try to play some tabla for you. Hopefully it sounds okay.
There you go, anchors. Integrity Radio. I wonder how this will work out. Kind of playing music live while I'm talking. So this is just an experiment. And uh, I don't know if it's going to work out because the music might be too loud. Maybe, I don't know. Try turning it down. There we go. There we go. This way I can really customize the sort of integrity radio experience.
beautiful everything. Z here. I couldn't agree with you more about the use of Anchor. I really do just like hearing people talk off the cuff. And uh, I mean, it's okay if you have some notes and you need to present an idea. Um, I I often have to do that. Or well, I just recently started doing <laughs> as today. Probably with the deeper ideas, take notes first in case the recording doesn't work out. And the off-the-cuff stuff, well, you can't, you can't premeditate that. And that's the beauty of Anchor. I so much agree. Servers crash, technology happens, but hopefully everything will be fine with Anchor and their tech. All right, love listening to you. Hey, Z here from Integrity Radio. Mouthwords is in the bacon. I'm in the bacon. If you're in the bacon, you should check out Mouthwords. If you're not in the bacon, you should definitely check out Mouthwords. So maybe you might change your mind about bacon. Hey, fool around. This is Z. I just want everyone to tune into your station. Fool around is into creative things. Creative things is full round. Let's hope uh, stays on. We'll say there we are. We did it, honey. Another rehearsal. Down. Another practice in the bag. So, um, what were we just talking about? Ditties. Huh? Ditties. Ditties. Yes. Yes. It was, oh, I think, um, uh, Georgia D, the infamous D-Lo show, the half, the one half of the Scott Lowe show, <laughs> um, she was doing that, she had done that for somebody, or does that for others, or have, has done that for others, so, um, 
you don't know what I mean, you uh, when you give a shout out, and if you're a musician or whatever, uh, you don't have to be a musician, but you can do a finely crafted shout out of that person's station and they could use it for their station as a station tag and kind of reuse it, um, you know, over and over. So that's kind of, uh, that's kind of neat. Um, what is that, Bill Testicles? Well, we're in the middle of uh, recording, so uh, just shout in here and say uh, hi. And... Hello. 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 Bill Testicles. There you go. <laughs> right. Good night, buddy. So, so uh, yeah, you know, doing tags. That would be... Uh, and then I could just see, like, you know, musical tag wars or musical shout-out wars where... You know, all the creative or musician types try to outdo each other on for other people's tags. And this could be a way, um, Scott Lowe and um, uh, and this could be a way for uh, us to help each other promote our shows. So they can get more listeners. What do you think? Yeah. Great idea. Yeah. Especially for the non-musically inclined host. Yeah, I've already heard um, Georgia D do a, a very good job of that, and I, I'm pretty sure it's Georgia D. I always feel so embarrassed if I get the. The, per, the user and, and yeah mixed up because I think there's one art in the city and there's another one that I, I, I just <laughs> I'll figure out your guys names and faces so to speak your audible faces <laughs> stage names yeah yeah this is our first week or second week doing this isn't it huh second week on Anchor is it Really? Seems like longer. Wow. Hmm. Well, uh, well, we're gonna have to hold some sort of party. <laughs> like, a, you know, like a one month on. It hasn't been a month already. Uh, I know. I, I started um, archiving the podcast about a week or two. Well, I think uh, as long as we get our rehearsals in every day up until the show, I think we'll have a nice, impressive show. I think so. We'll need a dress rehearsal. Yeah. A couple dress rehearsals. Yeah. And uh, even if I don't tweak on the music anymore, we have a copy. <laughs> I think it's perfect. We have a copy. Yeah. Yeah. And maybe I can even just uh, start working on the other stuff, the other songs. Yeah. Yeah. I really would like to uh, replace Serpentina. Is that what it's called? Yes. Yeah. Serpentina. Yeah. I, it's a great song. I would just like to do one as great. Yeah. Definitely. Yeah. Or maybe even better. Maybe even better. Maybe even better. 
It'd be nice to keep practicing to that song though, because they're a they're a band that plays the circuit. We could maybe perform live to them. It's time to say goodnight. 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 Integrity Radio. Integrity Radio. Integrity Radio. Integrity.